Nerds International proudly presents Coming at you live from a swanky hotel in Paris, it's me, Nick Lambslice, me, James Pumpkin, and me, Harrison Hunt, aka your host for the evening. And we are the Tabletop Twats. What a lovely intro. It feels like forever since we've been on a regular podcast. I know. We we because we did the dragon meat one. Yep. We did we've been doing foreign beggars. We've been out and about. Exactly. But this (laughs) this is an RPG podcast all about tabletop RPGs. And who boy have we got a show for you today because this is gonna be the our RPG awards, <laughs> which we is, and we are going to call it Gen Con. No, <laughs> and we're going to call it the Three T RPG Awards 2017. Yes, and but before we do that, we've got a bit of feedback from the last episodes. We got massive backside. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback section. Okay, so first of all, we got an email from Owen Lean, and he says, Right, that's it. I've listened to 30 episodes, and this is driving me nuts. What the hell is the lyrics in the closing theme? It sounds like he's saying gangster, four years of magic. But I know that's not right. Please enlighten me and let me sleep at night. Oh, he this as well. came in a while ago, so yeah. uh, he maybe might be in some kind of like uh, you know he's he's been insomnia. Ill. He's been super. ill recently. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. 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 I reckon that's, this is why. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't yeah, been yeah. able to sleep still. Uh, right. Well, it's saying Larry, stop pointing that fucking gun. gun. It's at a quote dad. At my dad. It's a quote from Reservoir Dogs. Boy, it is yes. indeed. Yes. Um, and then we got another one from GM Jeff. He says, "Being half a twit Brit myself, I really appreciate over the pond podcasts. Love the show. Well done. Cheers. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, not nice Jeff. Uh, okay, next one up is from Eli Kurtz, um, and uh, this is I think this is a message following, in regards to following uh, the Blackwood app. Blackwood app. Okay, um, and Eli says, "I love it, man. Thanks so much for going in depth with the book. It sounds like you guys really grokked the setting. Is that right? Grokked. Grokked is an awkward, and it mm-hmm. means understood. Wicked. Yes. Uh, you mentioned missing an Asian race. I wanted to avoid stereotyping any real world races with the mechanics, but the elder folk are visually Asian, Tibetan specifically. Um, I definitely hear you about the lack of Asian monsters, though. There are a couple. The Hopping Ghoul is based on the Chinese hopping vampires, and the dragon is long and sinewy, like an Asian dragon. But I'll have to add a few more in the supplements I plan to release. There you go. Nice. So, um, yeah, essentially, we, uh, we were slightly wrong about the Blackwood. Yes. But, um, well, we but it's not the first time we've been wrong. Yeah, we're nothing if not idiots. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, yeah, the thing is, we, we were wrong before about the Street Fighter one, you know, yep. but that was mainly Peter who we had on as a guest. So. <laughs> but we were also wrong about... Um, uh, um, card against humanity. Probably, card, sorry, Steve. No, we weren't wrong about cards against humanity. That was Steve Jackson who was wrong about that. Oh, oh yeah, of course he got it. Wrong. He <laughs> thought he released it when he did it. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> he's a fool. He got wild at a party. All and was like, this, yeah, that's me. All this time, he keeps on he keeps on editing his own Wikipedia to say that he released it and he didn't. He's a liar. He just loves that game. <laughs> 
<laughs> he wants to be responsible for it. This was like all those years ago when Hideo Kojima, the bloke who wrote Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Um, on a news site, I saw there was a news story that was Hideo Kojima wishes he wrote Breaking Bad. And it's like, how is that news? <laughs> It's oh, like, I think we all wish we wrote Broken Bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I, I would be, I'd be, I'd have a lot of money. It, and it's yeah, exactly, and it's good. Oh all god! Right. right, next one. Got another thing from G Plus, right? Um, so we went to a game in Dragon Meat where we played Tales from the Loop, right? And Matt Stark, somebody who's supposed to be a fan of us, right? He commented on this picture where the GM, the GM of our Tales from the Loop game, posted a picture of me and Nick sitting at his game. And uh, and he just said, you know, he posted this picture online. And Matt, Matt Stark, a listener of our show, says, Sounds like a great time. Hopefully those two twats, Harrison and Nick, were able to keep their obnoxious language to a minimum with a youngster at the table. <laughs> How is this guy a fan of ours? <laughs> like, obnoxious language. Yeah, thanks, mate. Hopefully and then, these two assholes didn't... <laughs> and the GM, you know, thankfully, comes in with, Yep, they were very well-behaved, ideal players. Lovely, winky I mean, face. Look at you that. know, you know, we're not like this all the time, Matt. We're, we're we are actually nice people usually. We don't usually. Just, we're just angry on this podcast. Yeah, we don't just stay in this this mode all the time. Get, yeah, get, if we're out in public, then you know we have to sort of dim it down a bit. Yeah, and we nice all the time. And a potty mouth. Uh, he's he's not right. We saw him <laughs> had a few drinks at Dragon Meat. He was he is not nice all the time. Um, <laughs> second of all, um, yeah, we do know that when children are about you don't just use the c word oh, yeah. left, right, and centre. We're not thick. Yeah. I tell you what, it's hilarious. If my uh, when when we game at mine and my daughter's around, yeah. it's so funny the amount of times that um, there's there's been a bit of little bit of muck up. Uh, Harrison tends he's been more uh, more accustomed to it. It, so he tends to do quite well and then he you know you do that kind of um racist joke look around like you say look around before you tell it yeah he's like, oh yeah and the thing and he and he says oh for goodness sake uh, yeah yeah and all of the npcs in my games will be like go go flip yourself you flips and i'm gonna go and flip you right in the arm oh, for fudge sake yeah yeah whereas ryan one of the guys at our table he's terrible with it he'll just be like He'll just be like, oh, I'm going to cut you right in the cunt, you cunt. And he's never even held a child, I don't think so. No, and then he just looks over to the right and Layla's sitting there reading a book. And then like 30 seconds later, then he puts his hands over his mouth in shock. And And go, oh shit, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, one of those. Oi. Yeah. What you slaying? So this is what you've been slaying, where we talk about what we've been playing. James. Yes. Shoot. Shoot who? Who's what? Shoot. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. You're so lucky on bad shot. I just got shot at point blank range and he missed. So Nick <laughs> Nick got a nerf gun for Christmas. <laughs> so that's the word of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If anyone says that word, they get shot. Thanks, good night. Um so James, yeah. yeah. Say what you've been playing. Right. I Mr. Clark. I've, I have been playing Harry Potter and the Tabletop RPG with my daughter Layla. Um, it started off as not your typical start because I did a kind of day zero scenario because it was her first ever um, introduction into Tabletop RPGing. Um, I did it so that a lot of the story was built up as we started. So as soon as we started, um, she told me her background and she conjured up a great character. Right? She's uh, they're all eleven year old and they're all freshmen. What's that and she mean? conjured up what? Freshmen. What do you mean? What does that fresh mean? Fresh. Exactly that. Have a care, freshmen. I don't know. 
They went to university. New. No, it's not uni, bro. This is school. Eleven-year-old freshman. Okay. Thought it was an Americanism. It is. Okay, cool. But they're fresh men. Yeah. So your new so your people. daughter was playing a fresh man. <laughs> no, she. <laughs> so she was like a really cool hip hop. Yo, sunglasses. Oh my god, <laughs> so fresh. <laughs> so yeah, so your wi- so your daughter's going to like a wizard school, like so she's playing like a Will Smith. She's like, a newbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's and, new. and she goes, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> Okay, go on. So she's playing like Will Smith. Go no, she, she played a person called Ruby Jenkins, a muggle-born... Yo, I'm Ruby Jenkins, yo. Shut up. Let's be right. fresh. Shut up. Muggle-born, fostered from loving parents into the wizarding world at seven. She still she still see, sees her real family once a month. But she had to go and live with her auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It was because she had to shut up. She got into one little fight and a mum got scared and then before you knew it. (laughs) Right, cut the crap. Right, Was it good? I'm going to cut this down now then because you guys keep talking over and talking about Fresh Prince. Sorry, don't go on. Fucking, let me speak, yeah? Don't go on, okay. No, it sounds really good. All the questions keep getting asked. Fresh Prince. Yeah, basically, he's a black guy and um, he gets into trouble a lot and Uncle Phil, yeah... (laughs) Come on, tell us. No, I actually... Okay, was it good? I do want to yeah, know. Yeah, look, episode one all started in the house as she was getting ready um, to go to Hogwarts and it was great because it was, a, it was very heavy on role play like I intended because I wanted to see her imagination flourish and it was fantastic. She was really taken in by everything. She really enjoyed everything. We had a Harry Potter um, OST in the background and it was awesome and yeah, afterwards she thought it was great. I later ran a session uh, with my brother involved as well well and he really enjoyed it again it was slightly different to your typical rpg because they're all noobs and i was just trying to bring them in softly but my point is it was great she loved it he loved it he loves it he love it we love it we love it <laughs> and i'm I obviously i plan on uh keeping it going as long as possible um with uh you know keeping it open for drop-ins so did she um did she do a voice oh you know i can't even remember no she didn't not to begin with um, okay, cool. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, shoot me an invite if you ever... Yeah, I will. Don't. Um, okay, so... <laughs> we, me, oh. me and Harrison just realised the word we said and oh. we both peered and... Ah! <laughs> so a bit slow. All right, shoot. so, um, yeah, next up we've been playing uh, Gotham, Call of Cthulhu, uh, which is our ongoing Batman game. Um, at the moment, right, I'm, I'm going to skip over a lot here, but it's kind of a Monster of the Week type thing, right? Uh, I've had two characters die. For, first off mm. was King Wee Wee, who I really liked. No, 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 no the uh, pirate was first. No, yeah, well, un- the pirate died, and that was <laughs> that was um, uh, unfortunate, but I wanted to talk about... Um, because see, he died in kind of a uh, like a boring way. We we it was PvP type oh, thing, but shit. like yeah, yeah, King yeah, Wee yeah, yeah. Wee, King Wee Wee was awesome because was um, awesome. it was the first time I'd ever really researched magic in Call of Cthulhu, and I wanted him yeah. to be kind of like a voodoo type guy. Yeah, and I said to Peter, "Can I have just three spells from the book?" Um, and he was like, "Yeah." And then so I even rolled for insanity for learning those spells before I'd even started the game. And then had three spells. So I had one of them was was it Craft Wanga, which was a voodoo spell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, we all, we all got involved, didn't we? We're trying, trying to, to enchant a hat. Didn't yeah, we? It was yeah. We're awesome. trying, to, trying to enchant a hat to make it into a Wanga, <laughs> so that we could put it onto villains' heads. That's it. Yeah. And uh, that was the whole point. And then um, 
What was it? I said to uh, we were trying to fight the the dead shot. No, um, yeah, death death stroke. Death stroke. Yeah, and it. during that fight, because I didn't have any fighting abilities except for making voodoo dolls, I tried to make a voodoo doll of him in a grave. Uh, it, it whilst I was in a grave because we were <laughs> yeah. fighting him in a graveyard. Yeah. And instead of doing it in three uh, days, I yeah. did it in three uh, six, six seconds. seconds. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so went so insane. And yeah, and <laughs> take a massive penalty for it. Yeah, Pete said, okay, yeah, you can do that but instead of taking the 10 like d10 sanity loss you're going to take a d100 and i was <laughs> yeah. like okay fair That's that makes fair sense enough. yeah and i was like okay i'm gonna risk it fuck it and then i did it took 85 sanity <laughs> loss immediately <laughs> shot myself in the head and then, and then yeah. that was it that was it literally it. No yeah. magic and uh, and then of course after that uh, i'm now playing man man He's the man that's his well, full name's Manfred Manson, but he's so he's he's like his well his character that he is that he doesn't have a character. He's unequivocally yeah. boring. Your previous character died, and now you're playing uh, Bert. I'm playing Bert Rockford. He's and a geologist. I like the fact that his name has the fact that he's into rocks yeah. in his name. <laughs> Did he change that? And by he's a, what's and his, 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 his persona? His pseudonym is um, the Stoner. Because he stones people and because he smokes weed, yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, I like the fact that he's um, he's also um, a right, like a really obvious psychopath. Well, he's, he's he likes mutilating women. Well, no, 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 no. He's he's uh, this is what it is, right? He's never had any friends. He's forever alone, right? So he doesn't understand how to act socially. So he says things without thinking, really. And then there was a dis- you know an in-game discussion going on. Um, and then he just like just dropped in there. Oh yeah, I like to. Uh, what is it? Uh, I th- I think I'd like to to like strangle women or something like that. So no, right. the best of the best bit was is like we've sort of since discovered that Batman is really not good for this city. And no, one, one of the things that one of the things that Batman likes to do is have sex with prostitutes, <laughs> kill, kill them, and then because he doesn't want to dispose of the bodies, he just has a big net in the back cave where he just chucks them and they decompose. And it's, just, net, fu- yeah. it's just full of prostitutes. Yeah, just full of corpses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's loads of prostitute skeletons down there. And while we were discussing the fact that we were going to try and kill Batman... <laughs> Um, we, I was just like my character, Man Man. He's like, well, I don't. I, I, he's got loads of prostitute skeletons in a net. And then suddenly, James's character very quietly just went, um, I like his style. And then, we, and then I was just like, and so I think that we should kill him. And that like little line just yeah. really went out like <laughs> fell under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, you're still on your first character. Yeah, man. Because yeah. your your Steve character, Kong. Stephen Kong, <laughs> Stephen Kong, who's the town's local butcher, <laughs> and he was he was originally called. The he was just called the Chopper, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, originally he was the Chopper, yeah. And then he changed his um, superhero persona to the Shank, yeah, as in Lamb Shank, but <laughs> yeah. also as in he stabs people. <laughs> yeah. But his his superpower really is that he rolls well because he's a big fat bloke. He's a big fat, and guy, then yeah. he rolls up to people and then chops them chops up. Chops them up, real yeah. nice, yeah. It's, and, um, it's, it's just a, it's just a really good weapon. But he, um, yeah, the whole setting is absolutely nuts, and we've discovered that Batman's kind of the bad guy, and we killed him on his plane in the best. Well, one of the best boss encounters we've ever had because we sort of went, oh, uh, called Batman up, went, oh, by the way, Batman, we've done the mission, come and pick us up yeah. in the Batwing. And then we picked him up. And her plan was just sort of either to 
crash the plane or just to beat him up we were just going to crash the plane and then and then just jump out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then while we were trying to crash the plane we realised it had some sort of auto writing mechanic oh, which yeah. happened when we were only a few feet from the ground so it was mashing up people yeah. left right and centre <laughs> yeah, we didn't realise but we were just killing loads of town thousands folk. like no m- maybe people. not thousands but hundreds hundred, of people good, oh good few hundred yeah, yeah and high street so we were there was just like absolute bloody we were going through the theatre district oh. Yeah, oh, and God. people were just dying left, right, and centre while we were on board just punching Batman, <laughs> like fucking <laughs> Die, Batman. wailing on him, yeah. just trying to stab him, shoot him. Yeah, we had uh, during the combat, we had uh, the, the obviously the normal turns as normal, but um, we also had incorporated a what's happening. T- what's happening to the plane turn so that as soon as it cycled round Pete could tell us okay uh, you're this close to the theatre district or okay you're now mashing up people so it was like at those moments where we'd realise what was happening because obviously his batwing's pretty fast and then basically yeah by the end of the combat he's just like yeah you've decimated uh, at least like you know 150 200 people now they're splattered all over the batwing and they're all dead and it's just like ah Oh God! Right. Yeah, we, we it was horrible. But um, in addition to that, I mean, uh, we we played uh, Tales from the Loop. Uh, that's awesome. And mm. um, we won't talk too much about that because we've got a lot of awards to get through in the We're main subject. But we will Four say episodes, about that episode that really opened the eyes of our friend Ryan, right? And he fell in love with it instantly he was so amazed Um, he's quite an artistic guy and he loved the art Mm -hmm. work and then telling him that it spawned from an art book he was even more captivated by it yeah, so we all come together. It's a good mm-hmm. game as well if you're um, t- intimidated by um, DMing because you don't have to roll anything. No, no, no that's right. Yeah. So, so that's that's one thing I wanted to point out about that. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, um, uh, there's a couple of other games we played recently, but we won't get into them. Um, the DCC actual play is something that we're really, really fucking enjoying. But yeah, I think yeah. some of our fans get annoyed about us talking about DCC all the time. All the so, time. Um, go and listen to those because those are we put a lot of hard work into those, yeah, and man. we'll. Um, uh, I think you'll you'll enjoy them because we've got uh, yeah they're they're quite cinematic and enjoyable Uh, yeah I think you'll get a kick out of them but um, next we're going to move on to the main subject which is the 3T RPG Awards 2017 yes hurrah good day did you get the um, uh, has the the volivants are they out the buffet's ready yeah we got the champagne excellent um, and uh, yeah the uh, butler is bringing that that in excellent what's his name Um, Jesus Sorry. So it's the end of 2017, and obviously we've done a lot of shit this year. Yeah. And we wanted to sort of mark uh, mark this with an awards ceremony, a prestigious awards ceremony. Yeah. And we're going to give out a lot, a lot of awards. Okay. Yes. Now, what people are going to notice about this is a lot of this stuff didn't come out in 2017 and things like this. Now, this is because we don't believe that um, things should uh, necessarily get awards simply because they came out in a year. Yeah, no, right. Well done. Yeah, yeah, well done. <laughs> you got released. Um, you look at you look at the Oscars, right? And you look at how how bad some of the films uh, uh, are getting are getting awards for that. Yeah. Suicide Squad um, got more Oscars than uh, than fucking uh, what was it? Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> simply because uh, you have to award things that come out in that year, and that's not how we want to do things. Nah. So A lot of the stuff that um, is going to get awards 
awards uh, in the in here is just because it's stuff that we experienced in this year, exactly, and that we think deserves some recognition. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how we're always going to do it. That's how we're going to do it next year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think. Um, that that's a bad way of doing an award ceremony. Um, we've got a fuck special uh, yeah, f- fuck off. Go watch that else. Secondly, we've got a special email address set up for that. Um, it is fuck off at uh, kissmyass.com. Before we give out the awards, I'll just talk a little bit about how we um, did the nominations. Um, each category has uh, three nominations, and that's because we each nominated one thing. Yep. Uh, simple as that. And then we all discussed each category and decided on a winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's simply it. Yeah, and that's it. So, uh, without any ado, we'll get on with it. <clears throat> so, the first category is Best Product. And the nominees are DCC RPG Core Rules by Goodman Games, Dice Trays from All Rolled Up, and Mutant Cruel Classics 14-piece dice set by Goodman Games. And the winner is... Dundrum Cruel Classics RPG Core Rules by Goodman Games. So, yeah. What do you think? What do you think of this winner, guys? Very deserved winner? Yeah. Or complete sham? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> Very deserved. <laughs> it's a great book, let's be honest. It's, um, we loved it, didn't we? Yeah. Since I, we've been getting stuck into DCC, we've got to admit, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, say what you will about the, the rule set. If, if, you, if, if anybody out there uh, you know, disagrees or doesn't like it, it, there, it's it's the biggest book I own on on my shelf, and mm-hmm. it quite simply, there's no other product out there, in my opinion, that that gives you as as much and at, at higher quality than than this does. At such a reasonable price, as well. exactly. It was twenty five pounds, and every single page in there gives you something worthwhile, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it was such a worthy worthy winner here. Yeah, totally. Um, it, the the others were obviously obviously very very good contenders. But this is just so so spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, yeah, I think it really really knocks out. It's the totally got me into old school dungeon crawling, and I never thought I'd really. I mean, I, I've always liked, liked the idea of it, but there's so many other RPGs out there that I always get my teeth stuck into before that, and that's changed my outlook. I think DCC yeah. totally. And I'd I'd say that um, DCC has now overtaken Pathfinder for me, mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty big bold statement, yeah. big claim. And it's got everything in there. I mean, it's it's got comedy, it's got serious, and it's it's got like, um, it's got just so just many new ideas. The whole bit is like, well, why don't you try using some Play-Doh? Yeah, and it's, it's got like, it's, wow, it's, it's got options. It, yeah. it's got so many options as well, and and like it's got all the toolkits needed to do pretty much everything in that type of fantasy. So that's why I think that it's such a big and useful tool and yeah. um, toolbox of a book. So. Yeah, for me, it was a no-brainer for the this should win. So, yeah. Absolutely. And the next category is for Worst Product. And the nominees are... Tales from the Loop Dice by Modifius Entertainment. 20th Anniversary Deadlands Kickstarter Stretch Goal Bookmarks by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. And GURPS Basic Set by Steve Jackson Games. And the winner is... 20th Anniversary Deadlands Kickstarter Stretch Goal Bookmarks by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Yes. Well deserved, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, when we were discussing this winner, it was was like, 
does this count as a product? Because it was a freebie, and it's like no, but it was a stretch goal. They should have put that in anyway because it's a pamphlet, and then they could have made a more it's got, decent. It's got stretch an goal. advert at the back. That's of the it. worst it, thing. If it had no advert on the back, you could get away with it as just being a bit of a oh well, you know, we had a bit of card left over. Let's give them some bookmarks. That's yeah, nice. it, it is. If if you're giving that way away for free, right, with something, and you're just saying here's a freebie, it's a bookmark, but it's an advert. But no, that's a stretch goal. Yeah, that was a stretch goal. So they wanted more yeah. money. So that yeah, but not a little to bit that of money. level. And then you'd get a bookmark, which you would think, okay, well, you know, it's a stretch goal. I'm going to put a bit of effort into it. It's a bit of card of a fucking advert on the back. Yeah, but but not only that, the uh, additional amount of money for the stretch goal. Yeah, that wasn't the uh, first stretch goal. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that is... that. So it, it, it is a product. It is something they produced, and it is something that they asked for money for, and, it, and it's got a fucking advert on it. Okay, I understand that sometimes you get, for example, even the DCC book has adverts in the back, right? But that's two pages out of a fucking 500-page book. Mm-hmm. This is a bookmark. And they're quite quirky because they're getting with the old-school feel. Right, and that's that bookmark, that's literally half the product. Yeah. That's one side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, when you brought them round, oh man, I I couldn't stop laughing. I was so bewildered with how <laughs> fucked up that was. That's like the most pinnacle move I've ever seen in my life. And the bookmarks are tiny, and the book you got with the whole bloody Kickstarter was an A4 book. So how is that going to get lost? <laughs> oh, it was shameless. It was bad. It was nowhere. Yeah, I mean that is, and uh, uh, and that that was that was another hard category, man. Because yeah. if that beat the tales from the loop dice, oh, you know you fucked up. Poor. Yeah, yeah, that's so poor. So, um, so yeah, well done, Pinnacle, for um, being the worst product we've seen uh, this year with the 20th anniversary. People might want to know why GURPS got on there. It was my thinking. I've, I'm not sure if you remember from a previous podcast, but I got quite. we both got a bit disgruntled, the fact that they sliced the GURPS book in half and sold it as two books, which yeah. really have just been but, one book. But the GURPS, but the GURPS are set... The GURPS. GURPS, the setting, incredible. Love it. Yeah, it's a good book, but, um, yeah, re- so, so I mean, it's got redeeming features, but the yeah. bookmark really doesn't. Oh, the so, bookmark uh, takes the... the the, 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 it just takes it. <laughs> Runaway winner. <laughs> uh, and the next category is Best Damn Goblin Game. And the nominees are Saga of the Goblin Horde by Richard Walcock, Saga of the Goblin Horde by Richard Walcock, and lastly, Saga of the Goblin Horde by Richard Walcock. And the winner is... This is going to be a tough one. Saga of the Goblin Horde by Richard Walcock. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Right, so this is um, this is something that might happen um, as the competition goes on. Uh, we did say if if two people want to nominate the same thing, they can. Um, and believe it or not, this wasn't just us trying to be twee, trying to be funny. Um, there are other Goblin games that could have been nominated. It's just that we all um, felt that this was our favourite. Yep, so, yep, absolutely. Um, uh, we've talked about this uh, to death on this podcast, realistically, but... Yeah. There's, there's, there, there's but, no, there, there is competition. There is, mm-hmm. but in our mind, this was all our favourite, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This and blows all the other competition out of the water. I agree, totally. I yeah. agree, and yeah. uh, and I think that um, this, this is my favourite for a reason because uh, this is a setting that anyone, anyone gets, right? See, with with other goblin games, it might be, oh, you're this type of goblin, or it's supposed to be played this type of way. Yeah, n- no, with Saga of the Golden Horde. 
have fun, mm-hmm. play it how the fuck you want to play it. It's cartoonish fun. You, yep. you, you're a goblin, and if you want to um, just let loose and play how you want to fucking play it, it, and you want to be a nutcase, mm-hmm. or you want to be this, you want to be that. Like, remember, um, uh, we had somebody at the table trying to play it like a posh goblin, right? And <laughs> yeah. and it, he was rejected because he was a posho. <laughs> do, do that if you want it. Yeah. Or if you just want to be a nutter that just, like, um, fucks everything he sees, and he's called Count Funkula. Yeah, do, do, do that. It. Yeah. Do that but got minions you, all that stuff but you know. if you want to play this game with your kids and play it more like um uh like um, family friendly or family friendly yeah. and play it like a cartoon mm-hmm. absolutely you mm-hmm. can do that too versatile yep. isn't it that's that's the beauty of this game yeah. it's 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 very versatile and written by a genius exactly yeah. and free then the mechanics yeah it's a free setting for Savage World it's, and that's just it, the mechanics are just um, yeah spectacular because mm-hmm. you've got the minions as well where yeah. you can just chuck them in front of things and yeah, just man. yeah it's, it's beautiful yeah it really is and uh, this this um, this because we had so much fun playing this remember we had one of the best PVPs that we've ever seen <laughs> oh my god where, yeah, where <laughs> two guys two guys were fighting each other and every time they landed a hit they'd chuck a minion in front of the hit <laughs> and um, and every time they hit they were also landing the biggest hits I've ever oh, seen in, in Savage Worlds they were doing 48 damage 70 damage oh, 60 damage goodness, and it was just yeah. like shit I don't want to take that damage I chuck a minion in front Love of it I get splattered yeah, yeah. and, then, and then when it came to the final encounter none of them had any <laughs> minions, minions left so so they were just absolutely fucked but yeah that's just a testament to how this, how great this game can work totally. I, I absolutely love it check it out now on Drive Through RPG mm-hmm. yes please do the next category is Best RPG Retailer. And the nominees are Leisure Games, Drive Through RPG, and The Dice Shop Online. And the winner is Leisure Games. Yes. <laughs> Hurrah. Had to be, really. So, yeah, it had to be. I mean, we bought so much stuff uh, from this bloody shop <laughs> that, um, uh, that our um, podcast name, they don't listen to our podcast, but they we, we got recognised by them when, yeah. we, when we bought from them in, in uh, yeah. a Dragon Meat. They yeah, were like, face oh, to face. I recognise you. And I was like, yeah, I'm the guy from the pot. And, and uh, I was about to be like, yeah, I'm that guy from the podcast. And the guy was like, um, yeah, you bought a lot of stuff from us. And I was like, oh. We funded our Christmas party on you guys. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, then you can't just define a retailer by the fact that you buy a load of stuff from them. No, let's break it down. No, but they got great One of the things stuff. I like is every single item they have is individually packaged in a nice little bag. Yeah, that's cool. And they've got um, old books, but in mint condition. Yep. Like they've just been printed. I don't yeah. know where the fuck they get them God from. God knows. Yeah. Yeah. They've it got a crazy. ton of supplements. So even if you're looking for that long lost little supplement that you thought, you know, AD&D had back in the 80s, chances are you get down there, you might find it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of all their old stuff and all wrapped up in perfect condition and all that, actually seeing, because I haven't visited the actual shop in oh, London lovely. Uh, myself, but I visited the shop they had at Dragon Meat. Yes. And it was ridiculous. It was packed and it was like... Tidy. It was like... Um, Everything was all packaged up perfectly and it was like it was just really clean and amazing. I picked up a few books like we just mentioned. They were from the eighties and I was just like, I don't get how this is pristine. Like what's happened? Like did they find an abandoned warehouse? Did someone just um look after this stuff and give it to them? I don't get it. I just don't get it. But it's it's cracking, amazing, and we've bought loads of stuff for them. Well deserved. Well that's just it. I mean, like you said, they must kill RPG people. They do. 
Yeah. Yeah. We just figured it out. Maybe they shoot them. We should probably cut this out. Well, I thought that they maybe had like an enchanted printing press or either that or a wizard in the basement that's well, both. like locked it's, away. It's got to be a basement wizard. Books and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but no, Leisure Games, well done. Good service, good people. Online stuff's brilliant. And the next category is Best RPG Accessory. And the nominees are RPG Wrap from All Rolled Up, Dice Bags from Amelia Hunt Handmade, and the game Anywhere Table by Transforming Designs Incorporated. And the winner is RPG Wrap from All Rolled Up. Yes, yes, yes. mate. So Nick, well, take us on a take us on a journey through the RPG wrap. Uh, the RPG. So is it sort of like you've got lentils, lettuce? Got, yeah, you mix it some dice, garlic. sprinkling some dice over the top. Garlic and herbs sauce on top. Garlic and herbs. Yeah, very nice. Um, it, the, the 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 all rolled up wrap is a very nice piece of kit. It keeps all your pencils and dice and your little notebook all together, rolls up into a nice little handy thing that you can bang in your bag. Um, it's brilliant. I swear by it, to be honest with you. I've been using it for about six months now. No signs of wear or tear. It's very nicely made. It's a decent product and it keeps all my bits together. I'm very pleased with it. It's the, my, my, you know, my, I like my dice. It looks smart too, like yeah. an Indiana Jones type thing. Absolutely, yeah. You get to roll it out in front of everybody. There's there's an infinite amount of uh, variations you can get. So there's definitely something for someone. Uh, and there's also varying price ranges as well. So, you know, if you want to give someone, someone something or, you, you know, you want to, you know, you want a bit of a budget or whatever, you don't have to blow a lot of money your, or, to get one. Yeah, because um, they've got varying different levels haven't yes, they because they've got ones with like metal buckles on them mm-hmm. that are made of uh, made of leather and uh, or, or things like this but then they've got other ones which are like made of uh, lighter material which exactly. have a picture of a cat on it or something exactly whatever you like whatever I remember the first time boat, man yeah I remember the first time Nick uh, rolled it out in front of us and we just... Oi, oi. Hello, what was it all rolled up? <laughs> what night was, was that? Was hey! <laughs> and um, we were like, oh man, this is sexy. We thought it was amazing. And uh, yeah, ever since Nick bought it, he hasn't used anything else. No, that. not at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a must-have for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. So visit their website um, as well. And they, they do very good service as well because... Um, we got to meet the guy. Yeah, we did get, get drunk though. Yeah, yeah, me too. We got yeah, to meet. We got to meet him well. at Dragon Meat. Yeah, yeah and, we, and we were all a bit pissed. But he was lovely. Lovely yeah, guy. He's a very, we very nice guy. Cthulhu hack stuff. No, the thing yeah. is, no, they do very, very good service as well. Because um, yeah, recently do. I ordered something from their website, and um, yeah, uh, I um, well. Actually, maybe I shouldn't say this, but yeah, it did go a little bit missing. But that's not his fault. That's no. the fault of Royal Mail. But I, I sent him an email and uh, on Christmas Eve, and he got back to me. So oh, wow. yeah, really nice bloke. Yeah, really, he's a really nice guy, and yeah, um, they got some decent products there. Dice trays are banging. Uh, customer service is fantastic. Yeah, so um, all rolled up uh, is the best accessory. I mean, we're talking about his company now, but they're the best accessory that you can get there for RPGs. Um, period. Mm-hmm. And the next category is best system. And the nominees are DCC RPG by Goodman Games, Savage Worlds by Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and Year Zero System by Modifius Entertainment. And the winner is Savage Worlds. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, we ragged on Pinnacle earlier for doing some pretty shitty stuff. Yeah, but uh, and, uh, quite a hefty discussion went into this uh, winner, to be honest. Yeah, it really did. And uh, we, we stayed up quite late talking about this. It's The thing about the Pinnacle is we're, it, let's, we're not talking about the company here. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about the system. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we love the system. I, I, um, I'm, I'm hot and cold with it sometimes. But the thing is, after going to ShakeOn and after playing a lot of it this year and after writing some adventures for it... Um, 
I, I, it's it's no mistake. I, I love it. I really, really, really love it. And it's it's a it's a versatile system that can be used to do a lot. And mm-hmm. they're, they're okay. There are some things that I would not use it for. Yeah. But undoubtedly, it's it's the, been my favourite system that I played this year. Um, because it's it just does so it just does so much, and there are so many dif- different things that it can be used for. Yeah. Um, that that really really um, blow my mind. Um, yeah. And uh, I, it's it's the, the versatility of it is is undoubtable, and uh, I love talking about it. I love the little nuances of yeah. it. I love the cinematic moments that it can create. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, through the excitement, oh my yeah, God. through its through its mechanics and playing Lankmar this year yeah. and um, the a- Aliens versus Rednecks and Winter Eternal and things like this. It's just been amazing, yeah. and and as well, I. Have played mainly one shots and and things like this, but one of the best campaigns I played this year was uh, Warhammer uh, Fantasy Roleplay in Savage Worlds, and that was a, an all time life uh, life top three campaigns oh, for me. So good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so so that for me has has elevated this system to being like, okay, it's a cool system to being like actually. Yeah, this I think is. It's, I think it's quite noob friendly as well. It's a pick up and play system. Like Pete, he, you know, he was coming out for his first GM in um, as a for a campaign, and he, he went for Savage World. Oh no, he didn't. He went for Cthulhu. What I'm talking about. No, no, he he's first GMing. He did do Savage. Sorry, Worlds. it was his first one. That's right. Not the first Batman one. Was yeah, his yeah, first he, one. he did um, uh, Daring Tales of the Space. That's Lanes. it exactly. And he picked it up and he said that he was he felt comfortable with the rules. The same as me. My first ever campaign zombie game. I used Savage Worlds, and I felt comfortable with it. It's a very it's a very new GM friendly system. I think, a- and well. a and new player friendly. Exactly, because um, one of the things that, I mean, this is a very, very simple way to put it, um, but uh, it's just a way I've not heard it put before. My friend Katie, Mm -hmm. um, who's previously struggled with RPGs, not not in a, like, oh, I don't get it kind of way, but in in a way that she doesn't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah. Um, She she sat down and played Savage Worlds for for the first time, played Lankmar with us. Yeah. And she's not a big fantasy type person. What she said is that she understood the rules... Uh, no, she understood the the numbers on her character sheet. Not only in in a way that how it affected her character, but also how it affected um, the the world as well. Okay, it's, yeah. it's like okay, this higher dice means that I'm good at it, mm-hmm. but also I know how it affects the rules too. Mm-hmm. Because I need to get over a four, and a higher dice means that's more likely to happen. That's I mean, that's bit, obvious. Yeah. It's obvious, but then in another game, you look at all these fucking numbers on a yeah, sheet, yeah. and you're just like, what the fuck does all this mean? As yeah, a because, noob, you know, you might not necessarily... Gauge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like in other systems, you might not necessarily need to go over a four. It might just be a five, or it might be a fifty. Well, you might not know. You know, yeah. the, the difficulty is so like massively variant. Yeah, yeah. in other systems, so exactly. And also, like you know, I say to you, roll at a minus two because of the rain or whatever. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's so easy to understand yeah, for noobs and like that. That to explain. Yeah, mm. but and then, but also, as you get better and you start to know it. The more that you understand, the more it's it starts to become fun, and that that is why. For me, it's it's number one. Yeah, um, yeah. I was, uh, I was during this discussion. I was saying that um, it it kind of has to go to this because although obviously, yeah, we rant and rave and absolutely love DCC, and that's taken over Pathfinder from me, which was my preferred system and my my favourite. Um, Savage Worlds overtook it um, purely because it's proven and tested that I've played tons this year of Savage Worlds. Like go to system. Yeah. yeah, in so many different like. Um, you know worlds and mm-hmm. and all this stuff and it's just like but it, it works for all of them mm-hmm. for yeah. every single one yeah. it's like I don't think realistically we've had a, a shit Savage Worlds no. um, 
campaign. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they've all been fantastic. So yeah. it just had to, didn't it? And the next category is Worst System. And the nominees are Fusion by R. Talzorian Games, Fatal or the Mean System by Fatal Games and Byron Hall, Hybrid Game by Matthew, aka C. And the winner is Fusion by R. Talzorian Games. <laughs> I have to say, it's it's a dis- it's a disappointing one, isn't it? Uh, the thing yeah. is, it's it's like I'm. I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that that talk about um about the system and how they they um there's so, like so many worse ones out there and all of this. But this it, for for us, it was kind of like. We played Bubblegum Crisis, and it took an anime that I absolutely loved, and yeah, well, super enjoyed it. As yeah, well. and boiled it down to its most boring components. The, the, that system is is just so it's just it's boring. That and that's what it is. You're always rolling the same stuff. Mm. It's a, it's about action, right? And it's a cyberpunk universe. And you look at you look at how. The, the varying range of different shit that Shadowrun gets you to do, yep, and all of the all of the like fun that that game has injected into it, and all of the the like the big fun factor that has, and then you look at look at um, uh, Fusion and how it uh, treats cyberpunk, and it's it's abysmal. Mm. It's it's mm. it's like it's it's okay. It's functional. Okay, it does like uh, work, and there's no necessarily like all like terribleness to it. No. But how can you take cyberpunk and make it dull? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Come on. Yeah, you, 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 I mean that that for me is a crime. Yeah. Uh, to take Bubblegum Crisis, a setting which is incredible, and to, to treat it like yeah. that, it, it could have been so much more. Yeah, uh, I I don't. Yeah, that's why I think the fusion system is is a bad one. And yeah. people talk about crunch in that system. I I disagree, but I I think that yeah, it just it it doesn't. It's disappointing because it's it does things that just yeah it's no fun. There's no I fun. Think, I think um, as sort of like a rest, retrospective outlook on it, um, I think it was difficult for the players and the GM to immerse themselves in it. Um, and I think it was more difficult for the GM, you Harrison, to make it a bit more fast paced, make it a bit more crunchy. Mm. I think you had to put way more thought into. Um, more of the mechanics and what was actually happening rather than you know where you just go with the flow and just be like okay I know this is you know like Call of Cthulhu's brutal system Savage Worlds can be brutal if it's set up that way and so you just roll the dice and see what happens whereas Mm. this is like I need to think about what I want to happen then I need to you know, I need to think. I just need to think way more about the healing. It. Was incredibly weird. Like, you know, we'd get banged up and literally yeah. spend half an episode just trying to get back but on track. I rather I'd, liked I'd, that. I enjoyed that aspect, but but no, the yeah. time and money that was like it was it was unless you had a hospital, it was like you needed an incredible. Amount and of I will cash. say that yeah. that didn't that didn't. That for me felt like that was a um, leftover from Cyberpunk 2020, yeah. their, their previous game, and right. I didn't ever feel like that was the case in Bubblegum Crisis either. Which to me felt like they they didn't really they weren't treating the source material with respect, mm. um, d- despite the fact that in the book it felt like they were, but when it came to the game mechanics, it didn't feel like they were. Um, so fit the, yeah, the fusion system is is pretty bad overall. Um, I've got the Zorro game up there, which I think yeah. would be a large 
Arthur one shot or maybe a four four part adventure something like that yeah um, that Gary kindly sent us um, I don't necessarily know because I think that would be very combat heavy and the combat yeah. was fun mm. oh yeah totally. see when we did when we did combat heavy sessions that was good it was an enjoyable when you did, episode when uh, game we, yeah uh, it was an enjoyable game absolutely because we played we kept it short mm-hmm. yeah, but when we started it when we started it we were like I can't wait to do this for like fucking eight months yeah, or some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, this yeah, yeah. and then when we stopped when we got into it we were like ah I see. Let's right. let's keep this one short. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, fuck fusion. <laughs> Fair play. If that beats fatal, you know, you know you've really fucked it. Well the thing is though, fatal it's same as hybrid. The other two the other two nominees, they're so so bad. I'd I'd even go as far as to say they're probably unplayable. They're unplayable, whereas if you played this, you know it's gonna give you really like a, a sort of really terrible feeling and yeah. that's 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 sort of almost worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the next category is Best Company. And the nominees are Goodman Games, Just Insert Imagination, Modifius Entertainment. And the winner is Goodman Games. Surprise, surprise. Know, yeah. yeah, man, these guys are these guys are sweeping it. And be a Goodman Games, man. They they they're the they're the best company. They're the best company, man. Um, because they uh, saved me from drowning when I was a, a little boy. <laughs> no, they're not only. We're not saying they're the best company just because we've fallen in love. No, with no, DCC. More than that. Uh, I think I think that what they do as well for their indie scene is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, Pinnacle, they do the fan license thing, right? But they they've got all these like fucking stipulations and blah blah blah, where where it's like, okay, yeah, you can publish for us, but it has to be PG thirteen. Mm. <laughs> uh, anyway, Goodman Games, right? They've got this. Um, they've got this thing where they they they. They support their indie developers so much to the point where they allow them to sell via their storefront on their website. So they're supporting their competition, which I think is fucking incredible. Yeah. And not only that, but they have a, a community uh, magazine called the Gone Gong Farmers Almanac. Um, where they collate all community stuff so they just get submissions and then they make a magazine out of it every month um, they sell it via their website um, uh, if you want a print copy or the magazine is free to download via PDF and then every year they create the whole thing via uh, like an annual where you can buy the whole book and that book is only £10 right Um, so they well, support for a year's worth of content. Yeah. yeah, and they support their community. Mm-hmm. And this year they did. They decided to get the whole community together to create a setting. Yeah, they said it was hell to make apparently, but they did it, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's amazing. Uh, they do all kinds of stuff like that. They um, the stuff you were telling me about. If you want to uh, push the the good word out and get your friends involved, they do. What is it they do? They send stuff out to you. That's so it, yeah. so yeah. If you're if you're running games publicly, mm-hmm. they said even if you're just running a game in a pub, yep. they'll send you um, increasingly cooler stuff throughout the year. So. Um, yeah, they run. They'll send you like. Uh, firstly, they'll send you a big pad of character sheets and bookmarks, right? Nice ones without advertising on them. And the bookmarks <laughs> um, are actually uh, they're, they're, they're character sheets as well. On the back, but, yeah. yeah. You can dry use dry white marker on them, and they're a little mini character oh. sheet. See, that's a useful bookmark. Yeah, what? not a shameless advert. Yeah, so so they'll send you yeah, mate, they'll send you stuff for use with your public games to give out to people, mm-hmm. and then the second time you do it. Right, you just sign up again, and they'll send you more stuff like mm-hmm. pencils and things like this to give out. And then, if you run a thirteenth like public game in a year, they'll send you a plaque to put on your wall with, ju- so with, cool. with judge and then your name on it. So cool! Um, oh. But they, the, the way they support their community is is just incredible. Mm-hmm. They 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 love the people that run their games, and it's 
it's real. It doesn't feel like a cynical thing to make them seem cool. Yeah. yeah. It seems real. They got right? a big heart. I'll tell you what, um, looking at those bookmarks, right, that's the perfect level of advertising because one side is just, you know, it says DCC RPG, great artwork, the other side is a character sheet. But, so there's no, this is a website link, this is an email yeah, address, yeah, this yeah. is whatever, this is whatever. That's done properly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, the well, the way they're advertising it is to try to get people to run public games because mm-hmm. they know their fucking games are good enough that if you run it and play it, you'll be like, yeah, this is tight. Yeah. I'm going to go and play it. They haven't even just go got to peddle their own product. They can actually put a character sheet on it to make it more functional because they know the product's good. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Good that, men. That's that's how to do a fucking... Oh, yes. Do you know what I mean? And so this is why this is why they win because I think the way they support their community, the way they make their products, and as well, their, their Kickstarters are fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's no competition here. Mm-hmm. They, they're just they they they're just the best. I mean, mm-hmm. the the other two as well. Um, with with just certain imagination and modifiers, I, I I have to agree with some of their business practices. Like they they're so 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 spectacular, and it was very very hard. Um, th- th- this one, but um, Goodman Games this year, just every single thing that they've done, uh, for me is just. It's spectacular. Yeah. Um. They they've they've been amazing. Um. Really. So yeah. Goodman Games. Uh, congratulations. Well done, good man. Very well done. Yeah. The next category is worst company, and the nominations are Catalyst Game Labs, Pinnacle Entertainment Group, <laughs> and Wizards of the Coast. And the winner is Catalyst Game Labs. So yeah, we go we go from talking about how a company does it right to how a company can do it so so wrong. <laughs> Catalyst Game Labs can suck my dick, <laughs> and then and, uh, and, and then just please just drive into a volcano because we so we um, very kindly got sent uh, Shadowrun Fifth Edition by a listener Gary who's a very cool dude, cool dude number one, isn't it? Nick? Cool dude number one, yeah. Oh, that's number actually not, not an award, but um, godly, godly cool dude. Um, and the buying thing on that that book was terrible, right? Yeah. And it started falling apart. And so I contacted Catalyst Game Labs, never got an, an email back. So I contacted um, uh, them again, different emails, different emails, never got a reply. Finally did get a reply from one of them. And I said, okay, here's the problem. They said, can you send us a picture? Send a picture, never got a reply back, right? So I keep I keep contacting them, n- never get any replies, right? Yeah. And that's basically that's basically it in a nutshell. Piss takers. You have a forty product, you, you can go and fuck yourself. Especially one at that price. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very oh. expensive. <laughs> so so the thing is, yeah, if you have a forty product, Catalyst Games will just tell you to go fuck yourself. They yeah. want you to go and buy another one. They want your money. That's all they Se- want. Second of all. The way that they make their products nowadays, the fifth edition rulebook is amazing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic product. And some of the adventures that they do, fantastic product. But the way they make their other products, like their decks of cards that they make are kind of like they're trying to they're trying to be wizards of the coast. Right, gotcha. And isn't, isn't the starter box pretty average as the well? The starter box is fucking pathetic. Yeah. And all of their products that they're trying to make, they're, they're, you know how like D&D nowadays, like it's, it's kind of like they're trying to, um, they'll make products to waste your money, like yeah. like the, the tarot card deck or whatever it's called. Mm. They'll make shit that you don't need. Don't on need. Purpose. Don't need. Oh, on purpose, yeah. But they make you want to buy it. And that's exactly what Catalyst Game Labs are doing. They're just, they're looking at what wizards are doing and mm-hmm. they're just trying to fucking do the same thing. Screw it, guys. And uh, I just think, 
it, there's there's only one thing worse than being the big corporate uh, fuckhead, and yeah. it's 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 taking a beloved thing like Shadowrun and trying to trying to be Coca Cola. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah. it's fucked up. Yeah. And, and then and then and then being that corporation that doesn't speak to people when they've got forty product as well. Yeah. yeah. Shame on you, Catalyst. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Shame on you, mate. You go take that award and fuck off out of it. <laughs> the next category is best RPG artwork. And the nominees are Gen Lab Alpha by Modifius Entertainment, Tales from the Loop by Modifius Entertainment, and Gen Lab Alpha by Modifius Entertainment. And the winner is Tales from the Loop by Modifius Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, simply, yeah. Good shit. simply, the reason behind this is because Tales from the Loop was born from artwork. Yeah, well, that game was a game that was, uh, yeah, like you said, it was, but it was actually born from artwork, and we think that for that very reason, we think it should win because the uh, the artwork not only inspired a whole RPG, but it also is ever so slightly more original than Gen Lab. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. I mean, we obviously the Gen Lab art is great. Well, let's the, be honest, the across point... the board, they make good art, all of the guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all amazing, but in the Gen Lab art, Gen Lab art is great, but the like saying just because it, um Tales from the Loop was born from someone else's yeah. art artwork is is fantastic. And as I was saying earlier, it blew our mate Ryan um, brain so much that we all clumped together as our RPG group um, and we actually purchased uh, Tales from the Loop for Ryan um, so he could play it and we haven't seen him that excited about a game in so long and with the potential to actually run it himself and he was just so captivated and yeah he, he loves it and yeah. we love it it's so it's really like mm-hmm. um sort of uh 80s sci-fi it's just got kids looking at these weird machines and yeah, and stuff like this and it it's just this it's amazing uh, amazing stuff that's like yeah these bizarre sort of sci-fi contraptions that you've uh, and, and like i've never seen that type of machine yeah. in anything else really I mean yeah. I'm sure that people can give examples but um, yeah I would, I would highly recommend go and check out the artwork for Tales from the Loop and just have a look at it because the um, that artist who I forget his name because we're incompetent <laughs> is um, it's just amazing and, and it's very very original type of artwork it has this sort of like almost photorealistic quality to yeah. it that but gives it an uncanny that. valley type feel mm-hmm. but speaking of like you know oh this this um, this thing you know we haven't seen it in a different rpg before all of the uh all of it looks just really fresh it's like you know this is you know most artwork you see you could be like oh i've you know that reminds me of this or i've seen this before but this is done in a better way or this is done in a worse way whereas everything of this is just like i've i've actually never seen this before Mm. it's like there's similarities in like just maybe the humans involved in the picture other than that it's like all the the mechanism mechanics in the background it's just like this is this is fresh to me i don't i've never seen this so it was just that bit more captivating yeah i think incredible and the next category is Worst RPG Artwork. And the nominees are Vampire, The Laws of the Night by White Wolf Publishing. The Code of Sojo and Shohan by Simon Burley. And lastly, Savage Worlds, Core Rules and Companions by Pinnacle Entertainment. And the winner is The Code of so- Shojon. Oh, God. The Code of Sojo and Shonen by Simon Burley. 
Okay, so Nick is cerebral at pronouncing uh, that. Yeah, sorry But about that. it was The Code of Shoujo and Shonen by Sh- Simon Burley. Sh- by Simon Burley. So, um, yeah... It? Um, it's it's a very it's a game that I actually uh, interviewed this bloke about at um, at the anime con, right? Yeah. But all he did the whole time, yeah. I tried to get out out of him what the game was and how it worked, and he said, "Oh, it's a two D six system, right?" But yeah, I used to work for Wizards of the Coast back in the day, right? And I made a game, a superhero game, and then Marvel fucked me in the ass, and uh, <laughs> they made their game, and then and then suddenly nobody cares about Sam and Burley, and so yeah, go uh, yeah, motherfuckers, in there. Uh, I've got I've still got the evidence, I've still got the interview somewhere, so um, if anybody thinks I'm talking shit, I can play it at some point. But no, realistically, and he goes, and so and and. But, but yeah so so you know Marvel can go fuck themselves they knew I was bringing mine out but they just fucked me and and I was like so about the game and he's just like yeah I, I, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to the game we'll get to the game but fuck Marvel anyway about the artwork about the artwork in the book he goes um, he shows me he's got these games called The Code right they all use the same yeah. system and he goes um, anyway I'm making an anime one called The Code of Shoujo and Shonen and uh yeah, like, um, the only reason... He doesn't speak like this, but he goes, the only reason uh, I haven't released it yet is because I can't find any artwork for it. I'm using stock art. And um, he goes, so literally, what he's yeah. done, right, he said that there wasn't any anime stock art available right. on, on, on RPG now, right? It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> so what he's obviously done, and you can tell when you look at it, is he's bought the first anime artwork that popped up. So I, there's nothing wrong with using stock art. There is nothing wrong with it. But if you buy a bunch of stuff that has mis- mismatching styles mm. that do not fit together, <laughs> i.e. if you buy the first stuff that pops up, yep. you know, I'm not saying anything about this game. It might be brilliant, but the artwork is fucking terrible in this. <laughs> it's it's yeah. disgustingly is terrible. It really? R- Appalling. It's, yeah. None of it fits together. It's all different artists and all different styles. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the kind of stuff you do in school. You know when you you, you just start... When you're three years old and you've got some crayons. I, know, I, mean, I mean, like, you know when uh, either... It depends how computer literate you are, I suppose. Yeah. For us, it was at least in secondary school when you just start realising that you can kind of... Do some Photoshop stuff in paint. Yeah, you, you know when like you a man. you have to. Yeah, you but you re, you remove the background or re- something, and then you just paste it over the top of other yeah. things to make it look like they're standing together. You know what it reminds me of in year six when we were about ten. Uh, me, James, and a guy that we knew. Right, uh, I won't mention him by name. We created a character. Yeah, called. Um, uh, we created a bunch of characters called the Nitro Ninjas. <laughs> right, and and it reminds me cool. of that. It reminds oh, me wow. of the Nitro Ninjas. And uh, they they were pretty bad, and I might I might like release because I could remember how to draw them and find I, it. Yeah, but the thing is, it reminds me of that, and it's like all the artwork's pretty bad, and like, okay, it sounds like we're being mean, and and I suppose we are, but all we're doing here is we're being honest. Yeah, but and, and we're, we're not saying we're not talking about the game. We're talking about the artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he he's saying that the game you can pick up and play in ten minutes. Blah blah. blah. This is this is an award for worst RPG artwork, and hands down, it fucking wins. And I will say, <laughs> I will say to anyone listening to this, yeah, okay, okay. Please, please, by all means, come at me. Tell me that you tell me that I'm being mean. But go and look at it. For fuck's sake, go and look at it. And do him a favour. Buy it. It's only yeah. two quid or something like that for the for the PDF. Go and buy it and look at the artwork and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. With tell a, us. Without having a smile on your face. Yeah. yeah. Just actually I'll tell you what, if you have a feeling down, buy it and have a laugh. The next category is Best Soundtrack for Role Playing. And the nominees are 
Argonath and Isagrim, Foreign Fantasy by Celtic Wraith Records. Versus Music Volume 2, aka Volume 2 Epic Legendary Intense Massive Heroic Vengeful Dramatic Music Mix by Versus Music Official. And Fallout OST by Bethesda Softworks. And the winner is Argonath and Isagrim, Foreign Fantasy by Celtic Wraith Records. You had to nominate the one with a stupid heart. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so uh, before we go into the actual winner, the reason for my nominee for that nomination for that was versus music was because we used it like I don't know at least twenty times. You know, many more. Yeah, like, mate. is that for, the one when it's like the guy standing yeah. in the front and it's all just like crap. yeah so we used it when it was just the trio before our RPG group expanded and got big and everything all, when all this blossomed when it was me Harrison and Sean we used it every single session and then when we began and then we started using other systems that was just on in the background like tons mm. we used it so many times and um I've, it was I great because on Roll Twenty they had this um, feature when we because we just used to play over the internet mm. on Roll Twenty they had this feature where you could play music so yes. I used to DJ this music while while we were playing and I used to put on like sad music and stuff like this but this, we pretty much put on this volume two intensive massive music heroic vengeful sad epic music while um, we were playing right yeah. yeah and it is some proper epic shit and it is really quite good it's, but but it's like. It's like uh, it's it, a mix. It's, it's just other mix. people's music come together, which is fantastic. Like you know, I love it. I'm glad this YouTube guy's done that. Like, yeah, thanks for doing it. Um, but, and check out their channel. But, but this yeah. um, and Fallout one is great, obviously. But um, I felt like this Argonath and Isagrim thing is is really fucking cool because what they've done is it's two guys that make dungeon synth music, and obviously we're really into our um, OSR games at the moment, mm-hmm. Nick. And this really, really fucking captured my attention. Um, and I, I said that like that, to be fair, this is a nomination I made, and. Uh, you two haven't really listened to, but I said if you listen to it, yeah, you, no, you will agree. Yeah. Oh yeah, James listened to yeah, it. Yeah. Um, because this is probably old school shit. It's just yeah, two guys yeah. that have made this shit on. Um, it's a split album, and they've made this shit on their keyboards, right? And just made this fucking like really epic music in their bedrooms, and like uh, I assume, and then and then, <laughs> yeah. and then like they've made this really epic sounding music using old school instruments, um, recorded it. And released it as an album on a tape, yes, on right, a tape. Uh, with with like hand drawn pencil yeah. drawn artwork, right, and then you've got like, and they only released five of them, right, um, because they need uh, to talk to Goodman Games, they would lap that up. It's it's proper good <laughs> stuff, and and the music the music is genuinely really fucking good as well, and both um our albums tell a story as well. Nice, and um, one of them's Irish and one's German, and it's just this um spectacular music that I think would work for any fantasy game but specifically I think it would be properly cool if you were playing an OSR game mm-hmm. and then you put it in a tape player and press play because it would just give such a good feeling to it yeah. um, and I was just like yeah I was really taken aback by this that, that um, I mean uh, loads of people are going to be like where the fuck have you been this has been around for years but I was taken aback by the fact that people were still producing music on tapes and CDs that you yeah. can buy Yeah. Um, that, that, that was just like 
um, this proper old school stuff that was just uh, yeah I've played this music on my keyboard come and buy it and I'm just like yeah cool man that's like I don't I know it sounds patronising but it's quite adorable it's no it like, feels yeah. so cool I yeah. love it the thing that I uh, thought about this is that like I said the Versus music and Fallout OST you know that's all other people's music put together yeah so and this is just theirs yeah so yeah my one's my nomination scratched from a game yeah that's original music that people have put time effort into yeah Yeah. exactly so that's the reason uh, you know although you know we love the others as well this Mm. is just way more deserved yeah Yeah. because it's hard work yeah it's wicked so uh, well done Argonath and Issagrim and the next category is best GM screen and the nominees are Tales from the Loop by Modifius Entertainment Lankmar GM screen for Savage Worlds Pinnacle Entertainment Group and Call of Cthulhu 7th edition Keeper Screen by Chaosium. And the winner is Call of Cthulhu 7th edition Keeper Screen by Chaosium. I love it. It's um it's it's what I love about this screen is it's um not only do you get the screen, it's what you get with it. You get so much more content with it for the price. You get uh you get full adventure, you get uh, you get maps you get uh, or it might even be two adventures you get so much extra stuff with the screen along with a decent screen it's nice and thick um, free panel folding uh, almost like a landscape kind of feel to it it's quite low isn't it pack full of information but I just think you get so much bang for your buck with this product mm-hmm. and you generally do get a lot of decent stuff just the, the, the printed colour maps alone that, that double up with the story that you get with it are great and I just think you know, they went the extra mile of this one. It was my first yeah. ever GM screen I ever bought, and I was thoroughly impressed with it. I think it's a very, very good product the at thing a reasonable that, price. The thing that um, I also like about it is how um, diverse the screen itself is, because mm-hmm. it's just a setting, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't give out any sort of monsters or any creature or anything. It's just a dark, eerie setting. It's a landscape, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, it, you can sit it down, uh, sort of any any game because at some point uh, uh, in, uh, maybe some point depends what game you're running but at some point maybe a dark and dreary thing will happen so it just fits with, with oh totally yeah than... there's no there's no logos on the front there's no there's no you know the, none of that branding it's just a, a cool picture dark mysterious picture and then yeah it's, it's a cracking product well because I know that we um, we are using well we're using it for Gotham mm-hmm. right but I could uh, and it's got a couple of like you know 1930s explorers on it but it's not in your face no no no, no. so yeah you could totally use it for fucking um, Solomon Kane. Mm-hmm. you could use it for um, like we're doing with Gotham um, I before my Shadowrun screen turned up I used it for Shadowrun yeah yeah um, not because the, the picture's fitting necessarily but because it's not an in your face type no. screen and uh, yeah I was pretty, um, pretty pretty pleased with it and like I said the maps you've got two adventures you've got mm-hmm. the um, the battle maps well not battle maps but the, the town maps yep. for, the, uh, for the adventures that you need in there and all of that, I think when it first came out, you're probably not going to get it for this now, but when it first came out, it was 25 quid. Yeah, yeah. And the information that you got on the back is all the shit you need yep. for Call of Cthulhu too. Yeah, the information actually on the, on the screen is, is, is great. Yeah, it's perfect. Really, good. perfect. really, really, really good. Uh, and the next category is Worst GM Screen. And the nominees are Hackmaster 4th Edition by Kenzar and Company, GURPS 4th Edition by Steve Jackson Games, and Trail of Cthulhu Keeper's Screen by Pelgrim Press. And the winner is Hackmaster 4th Edition by Kenzar and Company. Okay, so, um, yeah. When we were talking about this the other day, I said to James, because um, we, we were discussing, like, um, the winners and who should win, right? Yeah. And James said, uh, he said, I haven't seen the, the Hackmaster one, like, um, so, so which one do you think should win? And I said, 
okay, just just tick the Hackmaster one as the winner, right? Because although you haven't seen it, just trust me. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I'm just going to get it out now. Yeah. I did Google it to back up my... Back up my... But, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's the most convoluted thing you've ever seen. It's fucking stupid. I don't even know how you're supposed to learn... that. You have to learn to use that by itself. Yeah. Look, oh, wait, do they, do they have a ruler at the top, right, so you have to position it in certain ways? I think it's... um. I don't even know what it is, mate, to be honest with you. Oh, my God, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. alive. And see that there? That's, the, um, uh, that's an alignment chart as well, so you can track people's alignment uh, throughout the game. If which is fine. It's, oh, yeah. it's a handy tool. If so it was if flat. It, if, people, if people are, are like, acting out of alignment, but that, then you have to fold it away to use different shit anyway, so what's the point? And not only that, but like you have to mark it. So if you folded it, all the markings would go off. This is stupid, right? Because this is basically they've tried to make a GM screen that doubles up as a book. Yeah, yeah. It's gimmicky, but it's overcomplicated. It's, it's ridiculous. And so, like, if you're using that, if you're not using part, certain parts of information, little panels fold out. If no one's ever seen this, can you just look it up, right? Yeah. you literally we'll take a picture of it as well. It's, you, it's you fucking. It it's fu- yeah, I mean, you just folding it away. I don't know how to put it away properly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> just look it up, right? It's it's a massive gimmick, but it is hideous and heinous. Imagine getting at the table and saying, "I'm just going to set this up." Then, Sorry, boys. Wait, we're not on your phone now. And just you'd just be like. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's difficult, depending on how much space it is, you've got your GM screen set up in front of you, and then like... You've if, got all if, your little printouts. Yeah, and then you've got your pieces, everything behind it, and then sometimes you've got players right next to the screen. Right? Yeah, yeah. You would fucking take their eye out, give them paper cuts, knock shit over, knock drinks, knock stuff. Just like, Sorry, I just got to fold this out. Sorry, can someone help me lift yeah. my um, three pads in front of me off? And then, oh, but you can't shoot my notes. So it's just be like, there'd be so much planning involved. You had to like get like a crane, make, get some pulleys involved. Oh, you know what I mean? Anything it. behind it would get knocked over. Yeah, and, and after not, all that faff, imagine if he was like, "Oh no, it's in the book actually." You know, mean. part of me, part <laughs> yeah. of me thinks, part of me thinks it was it was a big joke. Yeah, because I can't I can't understand Did how. It for a laugh. Yeah, because it's not practical the, at all. No. The thing about it is, is that um, it's not you know no, it's not practical at all. And I think they were taking the piss out of D and D. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I can get the bit. Say there was two flaps, right? One flap down there, one flap down there, like to the floor, so it's behind the screen. That would be cool. That yeah. would help because you got some extra. You know, but that is just out. Of when I started control. reading into Hackmaster, when I started reading into Hackmaster, I was like, okay, so okay, there's a lot of stuff. I need to remember for this, mm-hmm. so I'm going to need the GM screen. Yeah, and well, so yeah. When I bought it and it arrived, I was like, what the, the fuck, fuck is, this? is this? But you know the worst crime about it is that's the most expensive RPG product I own. I think. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm well, never going to use it. More than and, the and, book. and he's yeah. bought box sets. Like, yeah, he's got box sets. I didn't know it was that expensive. Uh, it cost me sixty pounds. Whoa! Saying that, how much should I get my old Hackmaster book for? Hackmaster stuff's expensive, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. There you go. That's the most expensive <laughs> gimmick you're ever right. That's singular product as well. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. New award goes to. Funny though. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad you've got it. Though. It is it's a lot. It's definitely worth saying I own it. <laughs> I don't know if well, it is. I don't and it's in pretty good condition though. Uh, I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. So that's again. That's another thing to be like. Do you need a laugh? Check this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if you need something just to confuse a, an attacker, just chat that at them. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine a new like, like getting a new GM that's uh, never GM before in their life. They really want to get into it. And you're like, hey guys, try this game. Man. Oh yeah, you, got, you can't can't GM without one of these, mate. Just yeah. <laughs> imagine that. You know, like must have, bruv. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, sorry, just a second. I need to look this up. Half an hour later. <laughs> just, uh, just yeah, awful. 
What's this thing do? Yeah, okay. Well, well deserved that one. Okay, <laughs> so the next category is Best Free RPG. And the nominees are Harry Potter and the Tabletop RPG by HPRoleplay.com Saga of the Goblin Horde by Richard Woolcock and Fallout Pen and Paper by Jason Mikal. And the winner is Harry Potter and the Tabletop RPG by HPRoleplay.com Why did this win? Because it's great. <laughs> okay, next next one. Fair enough. <laughs> no, um, we we had a great time with this, and yeah. what I what I really really um enjoy about this is kind of like the uh, the elegance of the system. We, Nick and I we played a, a very very enjoyable mm. session of this. Didn't so we? much fun, yeah. Boglins. I think it, it works really really well. The way these skills are, are calculated and things like this is is really elegant. Um, yeah. I remember going through this with a new player as well. It's one of those ones where you you look at it and you go, okay, that makes perfect sense because you you start out and your character knows fuck all because it's like okay all your skills are calculated very very simply it's like see um you know dark arts is calculated by your you know this stat plus this stat and it's like okay so you don't actually have any academic knowledge in that so if you were to try and do it it's just you're rolling these two stats added together that makes sense Mm -hmm. and then as the game goes on your your um, academic knowledge is added to it by doing classes and things like this and it just the way it works is exactly how you would expect it to work Mm -hmm. and you so rarely get an RPG that is just like well this is pretty perfect out of the box even though there isn't a box because it's on the internet yeah and luckily and luckily, um, it's just so easy to get into because it's Harry Potter universe, isn't it? There's no real explanation as to, oh, this is the set and this is all that. You may be doing things differently, but ultimately, it's, it's that's the universe you're running because that's the name of the bloody game. Yeah, usually, if you're playing that, you're playing it with a bunch of people who know it. I mean, mm-hmm. Nick, you're not the biggest fan of it, but everyone knows a little bit. Everyone oh, no, knows I enough. Mind. I don't mind HP. I've you know read the books and stuff. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I'm not a mad fan, but yeah, I enjoy it. I, I am a mad. But fan. I loved it. Um, yeah, and my daughter's a mad fan. She loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We jumped into it and uh, just instantly had a, had a so great good. time. Uh, so it's, good. It's it's, it's well deserving. Mm-hmm. All the spells, um, I think, is, are are perfectly represented in there as well. Yeah, I think. Well, I think they're, they're, they're yeah, they are. They are they are very well represented in it. And yeah, it's like I like I enjoy the, the freedom, and it's just like you can. Try Try any spell under the sun, right? And just look at the spell list and and, and or, or explain, and then we'll choose from the. That's how I did it. Explain what you want to do, and I'll pick the most appropriate spell. It's like okay, so in that case, you're gonna you're gonna want to do this spell, so give it a go. Mm. And then it's just roll the dice. If you succeed, even though you haven't got any, you know, no training in it, then you succeed, and it's it's just cracking because of that. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so I think it's a very well-deserved winner of free best free game because uh, I, I recommend anyone play this. Even yeah. if you're a complete noob, you, yeah, you, you would it. totally understand mm-hmm. it. And the next category is Best Non-Conventional Tabletop RPG. And the nominees are Made RPG by Sunset Games and Starline Publishing. Mutant Year Zero Genlab Alpha by Modifius Entertainment. And Call of Cthulhu by Joel Sparks. And the winner is... Made RPG by Sunset Games and Starline Publishing. Yes. (laughs) Bit of made. Bit of made. Bit of made. Love a bit of made. We do like made, don't we? Yeah, made's great. Made is great. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we we um, had such a great time with this game. It's it's just utterly fantastic. It's talk about non-conventional. Yeah, yeah, I like it. it's so wacky. You know, if any, we know that a few of our listeners uh, watch anime, right? But the wackiness and the the funness of anime, right, in an RPG, it's great because you can just you just chuck it all out there. First time we played it, and I and I played it as well. I was so excited. I sat in there like a little child, like at the table with a grin on my face, and all like, "Yeah, this is great!" Because oh. it's just it's just mad funny, mad silly. See where this wins over other anime RPGs, and I'm saying anime with air quotes right <laughs> yeah. it's because you get games like random anime or fucking I, I don't know other anime RPGs is that um, it goes for a genre right and there are anime RPGs out there western ones that assume that anime is a genre right mm. whereas this goes for like like the comedy uh, cartoonish aspect of anime right and it does go for a specific type of anime right and and that's where it wins because mm-hmm. it, it knows it's for audience it knows what it's fucking doing and it goes for that right and it's made by somebody who clearly has a love for that specific type of anime the comedy anime and um yeah, and it really, really nails it. It really does it well. And there are other games like that too, you know, um, but but this one really, really absolutely nails it. And mm-hmm. I think it's because it comes straight out of Japan yeah. and was translated from Japanese that it's got a specific flavour of weirdness that a Westerner couldn't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Um, that, like some of the items... The random you, items table. Yeah, I love like that. remember that one... 666 table. Yeah, yeah, like one of the items was that that um, that seed that you chuck it on the floor and a big, um, uh, like two greased up, uh, like gay dudes come out and and uh, like they're, they're now your minions and yeah. you can you can like get them to obey your any command. Yeah. And like there was that other one that was, I, I believe it was uh, like another, it was a grenade. You chuck it into a room and suddenly that room is like completely becomes a jungle. Yeah, no, that was it. That that's, that's what you, uh, in one of our games we had it as soon as it was sort of let off or however it was manifested it was just an, an, an enormous entanglement of just this jungle yeah and like that was how like a lot of encounters went down was just like I think you went into this room there was a lion mm, and you just chucked it, the yeah. grenade in and then it was just like well yeah. that's that encounter dealt with and I'm like <laughs> well it's not really the encounter dealt with because you've now got to get through a jungle with a lion in it yeah, yeah and then it's, it's like it's home territory yeah, yeah I mean it's it's just it, for, for comedy and what I like about that game is it made me think about GMing in a different way yeah. because we played three sessions of it the first one right we were dealing with small shit and big shit right second one we were dealing with big shit third one small shit again yeah. because when that game flourishes when you're dealing when you have to roll for the small things oh I love it yeah. dressing, that, dressing up that dungeon yeah was see, the funniest thing I've ever done the third session that we did right was all about uh, this this uh, lich that wanted to go legit and he wanted to uh, get these two go- uh, business people to invest in him and in order to do so he had to dress up his dungeon to look like a regular house and that he was just a businessman and th- this meant that what these two pe- uh, what this meant that what the players had to do was sort of uh, you know serve tea and things like this and getting people to roll for that and then then fucking up like that's where it excels because then you you fuck up you get stressed and yeah. then bad things happen. Uh, do you remember me? I, 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 that happened to me. I can't remember what happened, but before I knew it, I'd rolled and then next thing you know, I'm in a rocket going towards the sun. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. Stress explosions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful game. It's, it's very it's, good. It's very, oh, I had a lot of fun, I'll tell it's, you. It's elegant. It's very elegant. And it's uh, it's very, very well done. And the English translation is done amazingly. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. kudos to the one who did it, because he translated all three into one. He translated all of it, then copyrighted the text, and then nicked it and made all his own games. <gasps> yeah. yeah, it's a bit shady. Shady guy, but... Good guy. Well, obviously, it wasn't originally written by well, the English game, was he just it? wrote it, yeah. He just translated it. Okay, well, well-deserved, mate. Uh, right, so the next category is Best Actual Play. And the nominees are The Delvers by Burned FX, Gata, the ICRPG Remix by The Murder Hobo Show, and finally, The Wild Die AP by The Wild Die Podcast. And the winner is The Delvers by Burned FX. <laughs> So the reason that we felt like the Delvers should win this one is because um, they, essentially there's nothing like this out there. There just isn't. Um, yeah. These guys basically do a um, it's a it's an edited actual play of their Labyrinth Lord sessions. Mm-hmm. But what's Labyrinth Lord? Um, <laughs> Labyrinth Lord is a um, OSR game. <laughs> Thank you for asking, Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> Yeah, essentially, Labyrinth Lord is an OSR game that revives uh, uh, old school D and D and makes it playable. And they they uh, play Labyrinth Lord, and it's a bloke, his two kids, and his wife, and they play it, and they they edit it into a really really listenable state where everything's super fast, quick, listenable, has sound effects, music, ambient sounds, and a lot of thoughts gone into it. Um, yeah, and a lot of thoughts gone into it, and it's really really enjoyable to listen to. And their personalities are so fucking great as well. There's one episode that called Bullywog Law that is is one of the best episodes because there's a point where the one of his daughters just starts pretending she knows about all of the monsters. Um, that they're fighting and she's just com- talking absolute crap <laughs> and the the dm knows but he doesn't let on and so uh, so the the his missus is like going uh she goes what the hell are bullywogs and she goes um oh yeah bullywogs are these uh yeah they they sometimes grow up to 10 feet tall uh their necks can extend like et and uh <laughs> they have fangs uh they have fangs but then those fangs in turn have fangs and, and then oh she's just God. she's just talking absolute rubbish but they're just like little frogs that can kind of eat people and when they finally meet them um all of the party like find out what they really like and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> the, the daughter just pretends that she knows and it's like oh, it's, so so it's, so it's so brilliant it's so brilliant it's so ages haven't they since 2012 yeah and he has write-ups on his website if you want the full actual play yeah with, with the unedited you can read the write-up but then if you want the the edited podcast version with the sound effects and music then you've got that and the website itself is really cool as well and it has like his notes and thoughts and things like this it's they're utterly fantastic uh so worth a listen so uh yeah they they definitely win because uh in a year where the adventure zone finished and uh literally had me in tears at the end this actually was uh genuinely better than that and it's it's fantastic well deserved yeah well done and the next category is best setting and the nominees are Vampire the Masquerade by White Wolf Publishing, Mutant Year Zero, Gen Lab Alpha by Modifius Entertainment, Warhammer Fantasy Role Playing Game by Games Workshop, and the winner is Vampire the Masquerade by White Wolf Publishing. What? Yes. Yeah, we love it. Okay, I'll, I'll, can I chime in first on this? I think the reason we, or at least I, no, the reason we decided on this, um, for me personally, was because of the role-playing aspect. 
and it changed me as a role player uh, because it's that's it it's so heavy on the role playing so you have to do only what your character wants you know I used to uh, RPG as I was told as a power gamer because I know that if I did this I would be better at it you know as you play for a computer game get the best biggest and baddest stuff and you'll be better at everything so that's how I used to play and that's how a lot of people play which is fine but this turned me on like my head and now every character I have is I have I just play it as the character and it's just like look yeah, but the character wouldn't know that. I know that, but the character wouldn't know it. So I'm going to do it like this. So that's what it kind of touched me. And it was just really, really immersive because of that fact. Yeah. And I think that that um, system sort of like really, really helps that along. And I think that that helped us to get immersed in that, that world a lot. Um, one of the reasons I, I particularly like that setting is because previously um, to all of this, I, I would I would kind of get a book um, you know, like a role-playing book, I would I would take little bits of the setting, but I would ultimately make my own. Yeah. Um, Pathfinder, I I wasn't even aware that it had an established setting until recently. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. Oh, Pathfinder. Yeah. What? What do you like, mean? Yeah, like apparently it's got its own setting. Like it's got like I know you can buy setting books, like alternate setting books, oh, but right. I thought there was a def- I, I think there's a default one. See, oh. see, I mean that's I like that reality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, that that's my point. Right. Yeah. Um. And and then and then like this one came along, and as I was reading the book, I was like, the point of this is the setting. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. that was what really changed. It changed me too because mm-hmm. I was like, as a GM. Published settings are all right. It's okay to not make up your own shit, yeah. you know. And this this is so good because of all the all the history, all mm-hmm. of the um, stuff that uh, like you know the laws and and the um, the the sort of conflict and tension between all the different types of yeah. vampires yeah. and all of that. It's that's what makes the game the hierarchy, the, the social yeah social levels of everything. It was just so cool because we were just pretending as well. Yeah, we just got away, but and oh, it no, meant, I one of my silliest characters ever. I think well, actually, well. yeah, and it was what it, the fun. The fun of it was uh, having to you you guys having to rein it in oh, meant, yeah. it meant that you had to be a bit more creative with the way that you play. Yeah, it wasn't just being a motor hobo anymore. Not it was, at all. It was about you had to sort of be careful. And that was so cool. The masquerade, literally, the ma- when we had to keep the rules of the masquerade and the repercussions from just doing, like, you're like, I'm a vampire, wicked, I'm going to go out and bite some stuff. It's going to be fun. That's what vampires do. And then before you even, it's like, ooh, wait a minute, hold on. I've just revealed myself yeah, to I someone. Think, shit. I think it was fantastic the way that um, Harrison introduced us to it because realistically, we, there's some bits that we should have read up on. But instead, he played it as, okay, we're completely afresh, so we're actually learning. And it helped us learn about the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, right, you know, we, because it was just like, okay, so we kind of, we, we are aware of um, the, the portrayal of vampires because they are portrayed still in films and, and, and books and stuff. Mm. Um, because that's kind of like how they've been let out. But, you know, they've still kept the masquerade and still kept it as this is all fake yeah. and all, all made up. But... So as soon as we got turned, we did that, exactly that, what Nick said, and went, oh, yeah, I was going to bite stuff. Oh, this is awesome. But then it was just like, ah. But now we're, we're getting punished. We're getting told yeah. off. And it's just like, okay, so now we understand it. And it was like, it was genuine learning. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know, we all really, really, really delved into our characters. And we were them. When we played it, we were them. And it was 
some of the most enjoyable role playing that I've had oh, with, yeah. with everyone because it was just so deep. We didn't do this this um, uh, uh, we didn't meta. Yeah, not all of us. Um, <laughs> um, at all, um, because well, not that we couldn't. We we technically could because you know we understand some vampire stuff from other films, but we didn't matter at all because we were just we are our characters and we will play them. And, and we I coined think, the word blood snipe. Yeah, but I think that's all. That's yeah. It all comes down to the setting, man. I mean, you you that that setting is just. Um, it that it all bred all that role playing yeah. was all because it was so fucking immersive yeah. and that that all comes down to it being such a fantastically written setting mm-hmm. um, and there's a reason that some people that, for, that and there's a reason that for some people that's their main game mm-hmm. and the next category is worst setting and the nominees are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness by Palladium Books Street Fighter the Storytelling Game by White Wolf Publishing and Wraithu from Enchantment to Fulfillment by Emanion Press. And the winner is... Street Fighter, the storytelling game, White Wolf Publishing. Same, guys. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I keep is... fucking... I, no, I, I keep seeing people online saying, oh, I had a great time playing this. I get the impression that these people haven't a fucking clue what what the Street Fighter world is actually like. <laughs> or they played it when they were children. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or comedy. I, I don't know, but the thing is, right, is that there's no matter no matter how you fucking spin this, the Street Fighter world is is a fucking stupid world, right? Well, it's dumb. The whole premise of why they fighting is dumb. Look, and I know, I know there are other things out there that, that are like a, like a fucking stupid, like like Wraith Thu, for example, and and T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was was bad because um, they, you know, took it, took that, and they did such a terrible job with the um, with the setting when they when they when Palladium wrote it down because they just didn't include Mm-mm. much in there. Yeah. But if you did it right, it would be great. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's yeah. the trouble. So yeah. that's why that didn't win. But the Street Fighter storytelling game, even if you did it by the letter. It would be fucking awful. Yeah, there's no way to get that right because the story um, that it's actually manifested from is whack anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well and that's why it's such a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, who sat down and thought um, this would make a great RPG? Okay, whatever. People, there are people out there that like system. Fine. Okay, if you like that system for beating each other up and, and all of that, whatever. But the setting is abysmal. There's no yeah. there's no two ways about it. Every single fucking story in a Street Fighter game ever has been fucking terrible. Um, in the third strike, um, everyone uh, just d- decided to fight each other because the, basically the storyline for third strike was, um, oh yeah. And then they fight. What a piece of me! Yeah, that's. <laughs> <what it is. laughs> and then like, then you've got like the the films. The films are awful. The, yeah. the fucking film storyline for the second film, a film which I loved dearly when I was a kid. Right, the 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 whole thing could have been solved if M Bison <laughs> bought a gun. Like, that's it. And that that's the central conceit of the Street Fighter fucking sit, like setting. Right, it, is that is that people solve all their problems by kicking each other. And and the, 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 that's the. Trouble is that okay? So you see the bad guy and you're like, 
right, let's get him. And you're legging it after him, right? You're legging it after him. Because like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna kick this fool to death when I get to him. And it's like, mate, there's a gun shop over there. You no, think, <laughs> I'm a street fighter. You remember when we did the podcast about him? We were talking about how bad it is, right? And we were like, oh, you can play manager characters. Who would do that when you can be Ryu? I played a fucking manager too. Yeah, because be he'd fun. be more likely to go and buy a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like someone turning around going, you know what? You know what needs to be made into an RPG? It's got so much depth, so much depth. You speak a computer game now, but RPG, I've got a good idea for it. What's that? Pong. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'd be like, uh, and he'd be like, you, you sit down. There's three of you at the table, and you'd be like, oh, I call left paddle, I call right paddle, and then oh, the other guys, I'll be the, I'll be the scorer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. oh mate, uh, you, you're absolutely right. It, honestly, I would say that I, I would enjoy a pong RPG more. <laughs> and the next category is best adventure, and the nominees are intrigue in the court of chaos, DCC RPG. Goodman Games, Wonderland No More, crossed with Stranger Things, Homebrew Adventure by Harrison Hunt, using Wonderland No More by Triple Ace Games, and Savage Worlds by Pinnacle Entertainment. And lastly, Saga of the Goblin Horde Egg Hunt for Savage Worlds by Richard Walcock. And the winner is Saga of the Goblin Horde for Egg Hunt by Richard Walcock. Yes, oh man, how much fun yes. do we have in this one? Mate. That was one with the glider and the volcano. Yes, it was. And the oh and man. Yeah. And the so fight. the um, the plot of this adventure, to keep it very brief, is that the uh, I think the chief of the village wants some uh, wants some big dragon eggs to make yep. a, a big omelet. Yep. <laughs> a dragon omelet. Yeah. That's it. And, uh, and, it, and he just asks us to go get it. And the thing is, yeah, you can't get into the dragon's lair unless you unless you sort of glide in. That's and it, so yeah. you're using experimental gliders to get in there. That's that's pretty much <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And then. Um, well, the reason that we picked this, I mean, Intrigue in the Court of Chaos is one of my favourite RPG adventures of all time. Mm-hmm. But the reason this wins is because I, because I think anyone could enjoy this. Yeah. Intrigue has to be in, in, in a, a, like enjoyed by a specific type of person. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and the thing about well, Saga, like we mentioned earlier, is it, it's so versatile. This 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 adventure, pardon me, could be played by. Uh, it could be played by rapists and murderers if they wanted to act that way. It could be played by innocent <laughs> schoolchildren if they wanted to play it that way. Or it could be, you know. Oh, you mean characters, not people? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, I thought you meant like, let's get all these rapists and murderers together and let's well, no, you could, that. No, no but if you, if you wanted to bring this down to, a, down to a, like a, a maximum security prison and play it, <laughs> it would still work. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what this is like for the most one of the most versatile games, one of the most versatile adventures. Yeah. Spectacular. Bring yeah. this down to a maximum security prison and play it today because this is such a great adventure and then bring and it to your kids the next day and play it with them and not to mention not to mention I, I said the other day Intrigue at the Court of Chaos mm-hmm. is a fantastically written adventure yeah. but to get it right I had to read it a couple of times mm-hmm. right um, because yeah. it's got a few complexities to it not much but a few complexities it's because of the way they're written exactly well. that's what Goodman likes to do and yeah. it's great but yeah you're right it's a, it's a, it's a little bit more uh, you've got to dissect it just ever so advanced. slightly yeah whereas um, yeah straight out of the box with but Saga this, this egg hunt one right mm. I didn't even read it no. before I played it I didn't even read it because it's written in such a beautiful way that it flows in such a right? way mm-hmm. and um, I, I fucking um, yeah I, I just got this uh, printed it off no prep and we just played it straight yeah. up Just I think that just goes to show how how, how brilliant the, uh, the, the writing is on this yeah mm-hmm. so you don't need any prep and um, yeah, fantastic. So I think that is one of the uh, one of my favourite adventures of all time, yeah, and it yeah. definitely deserves the award this yeah, year. Absolutely. Well done, Rich. Yeah, well done, mate. Well done. My name's Alan Rickman, and 
I'm Jen My name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm Alan. No, I'm, no, I'm the real Alan Rickman. No, wait, I'm Alan Rickman. <laughs> but I'm not. No, wait. No, what? no, I'm Alan Rickman. No, shush. I'm la- tabletop twats. Alright. It's just awkward. No, shut up. And the next category is Hard Graft Award. This is stupid. It's from Nick and me to Harrison. This is stupid. Thanks. Shut up. Stop talking over. All right. Sorry. Next thing is Hard Graft Award. <laughs> from, from me and Nick to Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. This is kind of a stupid award, though, because it's been written on the thing for, for like weeks. So I already know that you're giving me this award. But thank you very much. That's kind. Yeah, but it's because you're, you're, you're our editor, not only for this, but uh, uh, the other podcasts. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You put all the effort into it. You create these fantastic scenarios. You have been our main DM for our RPG group ever since it began. Um, and, you know, you, you still kind of are at that podium. We're all taking turns now and we're all going to sort of have a go. But, you know, you've been the main guy. So you, out, out of everything you put the most effort into not only our rpg in but obviously the podcast as well because you're the you you um edit it well thanks very completely. much man remove your nose from his bum and we'll continue yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but but just for a little bit more brown noses and i want to say a big thanks to nick no so thank you this is the big thanks award this goes to nick thanks so mate. thank you very much for paying for the hosting oh no that's no that's uh, i want to say thank you for that because um, yeah it means it means a lot because without you I feel like a wealthy benefactor. Without you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Without you, I would have to scrounge it from someone else. Yeah, no, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, it's the least I can do to keep this great thing going. And it's, it's a awesome. year and it's still going. So. Exactly. And the last, um, and the last, um, last sort of brown nose award <laughs> yeah. goes to James for the welcome aboard award. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> so welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, buddy. I mean, to be honest, anyone could have done that, but uh, yeah, you, you can. You, really you, well. you, you, you say you, you say enter anyone. The you say you say anyone could have done that, but you chose me. So. Yeah, we chose you exactly. Exactly. No, we went for a lot of long, long discussion. Yeah, long uh, discussion. Should James come on or not? Or and then we, we get went a real pumpkin. We real pumpkin with a face drawn on it. <laughs> or James, and we went. Can pumpkins talk? And the answer was no. And so we went, let's get James. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It turns out I'm, I am a pumpkin and I can talk. There you go. So we, everyone's a winner. Right. But we've got one more one real more. award to give out. Yes. So this is the Industry Cunt of the Year Award for 2017. First nomination is Byron Hall for writing Fatal. Next nomination is David Scott. And the last nomination is Matthew, a.k.a. C++, for writing Hybrid. And the winner is... Drumroll, please. For the Industry Cunt of the Year Award... Byron Hall. It's your boy. Oh, of course it is. Oh, God, what an (laughs) There is no better, there's no more deserved winner than Byron Hall, man. I mean... The rage that, um, that he gave us in that Ooh. fatal episode. <laughs> not just, not just, not just that, right? But um, after doing extra research and like stuff, there's so much hate for it. Yeah, mm. so much hate for him. He's just, he's just uh, disgusting. He he disappeared after that, though, didn't he? Nobody can get hold of him. I tried to get him for an interview on this podcast, and I, I he's not doing it. Changed his name. Hopefully uh, understandably himself. though we weren't exactly kind about him James don't say that what did you say <laughs> nothing. nothing okay I missed no, that we're going to gloss over to that listen back to that no we don't <laughs> <laughs> wow James what is take it, it back just say I take that back what did you say just say I take that back I take that back 
All right. <laughs> okay, good. What? All right, so... I'm confused. Okay, don't worry about it. But anyway, the point is, he, 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 he had some pretty disgusting views in that book. And then he says, these views are not mine. They're the views of the fantasy world that I've fantasy written fantasy. Fantasy. But it's like, his, yeah. his, fantas- his, his world that he fantasizes over. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so they are... And then he had those really gross drawings in there that he commissioned and all of this. And like, but, yeah, he's a really sick bloke. What is your anal circumference? Mm, good point. Depends I haven't way. actually measured it. Do you want to? Depends on how the wind is no, blowing. I don't want to, I don't want to measure I, it. I'm now. surprised I don't know. I was brown nosing enough. Yeah, he wrote a pretty sick RPG that made a lot of people feel a lot of bad things. And I think that, yeah, he definitely deserves this award. So, yeah. Congratulations, Byron, for winning the, the Industry Country of the Year Awards. That's you, Byron. Well done, mate. Well, that concludes our 3T Awards 2017, Young. Mm. Yeah, so the 3T RPG Awards 2017 has come to a close. I, I really hope you guys liked it. If you agreed or disagreed with our awards, then by all means, let's Come us know. at us. Yeah, come at us. Let's <laughs> know. In a nice way, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Come at us with some flowers. Yeah, yeah. Some (laughs) nice words. Thank you very much. What a year it's been. In the future, you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the Electro Letter. So, uh, this is Electro Letters, where we read your mail from the internet. Yep. And uh, I asked you guys, right? Well, I actually, you know, we forgot to put out a question, but I mean, it's probably good that we're keeping it short because uh, those awards did take bloody forever. And I just said, what are your best gaming memories of this year? Uh, uh. Um, and we only had one. Noah Lean says, running Bartington Halls for you lot. Oh, oh, what a sweet bloke. <laughs> um, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? I mean, he, was fun. He, he, we spoke about that on the podcast. He ran, uh, he ran a sort of, uh, well... I guess try to imagine ETU, but it's more like in Britain. Posh yeah. 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 So it's sort of like horror um, school based role play uh, yeah. in, in a really posh English school. Yeah, imagine Biker Grove. Um, <laughs> guys, even remember that? Yeah, I remember Biker Grove. Yeah. <laughs> Biker Grove, like. But nobody that listens to this podcast will ever know what Biker Grove is. Did you guys have any highlights from the year? What are your favourite gaming memories? What was your favourite favourite thing that happened this year? Favourite gaming memories was... Oh, wait, was that this year or last year? Crap. It's a hard one. I really enjoyed <laughs> I really enjoyed the one-shots this year. We've done a lot of um, one-shot stuff this year and a lot mm. of short adventures. And like we had a few special events like your birthday and mm-hmm. a few things like that. And some of them were some of the best games I've played. They were so much fun. Yeah. Intrigue at the Court of Chaos up there for me as one of my all-time favourite games. That was so good. But did, like, again, I really enjoyed the Harry Potter game, uh, something I didn't think I'd play, which yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah. I, I liked that as well. I mean, that was that was a highlight for me because mm-hmm. what, what I really liked was um, when that adventure was released, I think that uh, Laura, she was obviously new, new to role-playing and I yeah. always liked getting a newbie in on it. Yeah. And uh, when her... F- when I when I did the artwork for that podcast and I, I uh, photoshopped people's faces like I put your face on Ron Weasley's <laughs> yeah, body yeah. and I had her <laughs> face on Luna Lovegood's yeah. body because she was playing um, Luna's sister that's right yeah um fucking uh, her face uh, was on that picture right and I think Laura was a little bit embarrassed to show people this podcast right? yeah. but then Min- <laughs> Millie just my, my uh, Millie my wife went and just showed it to one of her mates anyway yeah. and showed it to her mate Maz and when Maz saw it she she, she was like like amazed by it because I think I don't know what she thinks SoundCloud is but she just went <gasps> your face on SoundCloud 
<laughs> she made it big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was like, she, I don't think she thinks that just anyone could upload anybody. It to you don't even need an account. So yeah. that was a good gaming memory, and uh, yeah. I think uh, for me, uh, it's got to be like Vampire. Vampire. Yeah. Vampire. I was campaign. about to say it's got to be Vampire. Well, campaign of the year, yeah. We're yeah. going to give it a final award out for our own personal campaign I, of the I, year. No, I think the awards are over. This is just gaming memories. No, I'd have to agree with you. Some of the Playing Fat Dad. Fat Dad was a great character. <laughs> and this was this was um, this was how Harrison said. He said, "Okay, we are going to play this game, deadly serious, like by the book, right? And then any comedy moments are all going to be organic. And fact, I mean, the the amount of comedy moments were ridiculous, but all of it was organic because of the." Different, yeah, and because of the the characters we had, it was mm-hmm. literally all based." around the the characters and all the moments it wasn't just conjured up oh let's do this because it'll be funny let's do this because it'll be funny it was just funny stuff happened because of how our characters were yeah but alongside uh, emotional shit exciting oh, yeah. shit deep. there was some deep uh, parts to it there was yeah oh god it was just I cracking say, I don't know if I should if I should keep this in the podcast right but there was a moment at a game I was playing at. Now I'm going to try and keep this vague and try so that nobody can get identified in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is this is actually quite a touching moment. But I, this was like so. I'm going to try and keep this vague. But I was at a game, a public game I was playing at, and uh, while I was there, the GM came up to me and advised me. He said, "This girl's playing, and she's like highly autistic, and she." pretty much doesn't respond and most of the time she's probably not even going to play the game and will just read a book cool. and I was just like okay cool yeah. whatever and he goes yeah so she's not going to respond and there was a moment where um, uh, my character we, we just finished killing these monsters right mm. and I go to an inn and, I, and my character starts boasting about this right and uh, I go yeah, we were just we were just on our boat and we were killing these monsters and um, you should have seen the size of them they weren't small but medium and the, the girl starts cracking up and I was just like yeah I like I did a cool thing there he yeah. said she wasn't even going to respond and I made her laugh like I was yeah. just like yeah that was a pretty cool moment for That's me I was good. really really happy with that and like nice. yeah so I don't want to say what game it was obviously but no, fair play. yeah like that was fucking cool like that was a really good moment um, but yeah Nick how about you man memory of the year memory of the year oh my god just just doing this mate this whole like you know we've, we're a year down the line now um, I think we've evolved a lot the podcast since we first started from our humble beginnings to where we are now at a semi I don't know professional level <laughs> yeah yeah but no it's been professional yeah I, I, I think being just being a part of this I know it's a bit sappy to say but it is it's this I look forward to doing this opening up the hobby to me I mean I've never embraced a hobby so hardcore as oh this, yeah, yeah. about you boys um, and just all the lovely people you get to meet that are on the same level as you so just this whole yeah my I mean, favourite memory's been this really Jesus Christ the, the response from the DCC community recently oh wow it's just like it really affirms what you're doing is worthwhile yeah because, you know recently when I was editing most recent foreign beggars mm. it took me three times as long as it fucking should because my computer kept crashing oh yeah and then fucking it was really stressing me out because I was trying to get it done before Christmas because I wanted people to be able to listen to it before Christmas mm-hmm. and like uh, have Enjoy something it over that, holidays, exactly yeah. if they, if they're stressing out they're fucking you know making presents or if they're having to wrap stuff up yeah. or if they're in their car going to buy something then they got something to listen to because I know that sometimes there's a drought of podcasts during Christmas and I fucking hate it yeah. so I was like I wanted to get this out before then. 
and I was really stressing over it. And then when it came out, I was like, oh no! I was while I was doing it, I was like, is anyone even gonna bloody listen to this anyway? Of course. And then when when it finally dropped, and then and then loads of people did, and we got such a nice, kind response, and people were like, yeah, this is the shit and stuff like this. I was just like, that really affirmed everything. And everyone on the DCC community is so nice because makes it totally worth it. Yeah, when it? you yeah. put stuff out there, people can be such dicks about it. And oh like, yeah, I, I, I sometimes enjoy that too. But like <laughs> the the fact that everyone was so lovely about it, like that, it really really means a lot so yeah what a cracking year and he is the champion of the dungeon if you want to get in touch with us then please do you can uh, do so by getting in touch at tabletoptwats at gmail.com on facebook.com forward slash tabletop t on twitter which is at tabletoptwats and obviously on G+, if you just go over search for Tabletop Twats in uh, Google+, you'll find it. And the Nerds International Community. We've got a great bunch of guys there. Exactly. Um, but obviously, while we're not uh, doing this podcast, you know, that means that you, you, you're not going to have anything to do, are you? Because nope. there's this bugger all else to do in the world. I looked outside earlier. Yeah. There's all wars and happening and that. You're joking. Yeah. yeah so oh, right. so um, stay indoors and uh, I'll stay give indoors. you I'll give you something to think about before the next podcast. Nick's got his gun. That's right, boys. Um, <laughs> although before he gives you something uh, to think about for the next podcast, if you would like to sling us a buck, yeah. please do so on Patreon. Yeah, go go over to Patreon and uh, and yeah, yeah, that's patreon.com forward slash tabletop twats. Yes. Um. Yeah, go over there and uh, sling us a buck. But yeah, before um, the next podcast comes out, obviously I'll give you uh, some some something to think about. You know, mm-hmm. something to mull over. Bridge over to the new year. Yeah, bridge over to the new year and think about so that you're not bored. Yeah. Do you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that that thought is um, unless you do laundry naked, you'll never really be caught up. <laughs> Nick shot me. Okay, um, and uh, you know what? That just leaves one thing to be said. You know, one thing that um, actually, if you think about it, you know, um, in in 2018, if, I think if we actually focus all of our attention on one thing, we can stop all the wars by becoming super powerful. But in order to become super powerful, what we need to do is is sort of like connect together using all of our minds. And in order to connect oh. our minds, we actually need to um, uh, think of one singular thought and do this all at the same time by meditating out in a big field. And uh, in order to do that, we need to focus on one thing and that thing is chicken mcbosh yes <laughs> happy new year happy new year happy new year those of you who got an invite Welcome to Nerd Prime. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all Nerds International. With the hyphen. <laughs>